game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Try settle on McDavid on the right-hand side. Baron Nugent Hopkins on the left. Here's McDavid shooting and scoring. Posted in. Connor McDavid, his 31st. And Edmonton with its first lead of the night, 2-1. Connor McDavid post and in for a game winner in Calgary. Sound familiar? The stakes weren't as high tonight as they were in game five in the playoffs, but McDavid does deliver as the Oilers take down the Flames 2-1. The real star of the show, though, Stuart Skinner in net, outstanding against the Flames again. He stops 46 out of 47. The shots were not close. 47-22 for Calgary, including 24-4 in the third period in three appearances against Calgary this season. Remember, he replaced Jack Campbell about 10 minutes into the game on October 15th, played the entire game on October 29th, plays the entire game tonight. In those three appearances, he faces 120 shots. He stops 117 of them. That's a 9.75 save percentage against the Flames. The Oilers win the season series two games to one. The road team won every game, and Edmonton bumping its record up to 19-15 and two. The Flames go to 16-13 and seven, and uh, the Oilers are now ahead of the Flames in the standings. Well, tense one, Rob Brown, but the Oilers do get it done. Uh, I mean, some nice moments for McDavid, Barry getting his 100th goal. We'll talk about them. But Skinner, and I talked about him before the game that maybe, okay, maybe a little bit of fatigue, maybe a slight drop-off in his play. Well, he said, I'll show you, Wilkins. Here's a <laughs> drop-off, 46 out of 47. Actually, we haven't had the interview yet, but I'm pretty sure he does say that in his post-game interview. He says, hey, Reed, watch this. Uh, he was excellent, and he needed to be. Um, it was a game that uh, the Oilers were okay, but their goaltender was exceptional. And if you want to be a good hockey club and win division titles or, or win conferences or go on in the playoffs, you need solid goaltending. And I don't know if you're going to see much better than we saw tonight with Stuart Skimmer. He was excellent in this game. But the biggest thing, and I, I said it with Bob, and we've talked about it a lot, is Stuart Skinner just never looks like he's stressed. And that just gives oodles of confidence to his teammates on the bench, knowing that, all right, you know what, guys? We may be spending a little more time in our own zone, but that's okay. He's got us. We just need that one break. And when we get that break, bury it because he's given us a fighter's chance. Yeah, outstanding performance by Skinner as the Oilers win 2-1. Let's go back to Calgary. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Um, to come in and beat a division rival in their rink, uh, I thought it was, um, to a man, a really good effort. And, um, you know, I just think uh, for us to find a way post-Christmas, three days off, uh, and then to step into, the, you know, the lion's den, so to speak, here, and um, find a way to get your second win on the season in this building, I think it's a good win for us, important for us. Good again. He's been really good against Calgary. Yeah, yeah. Stewart, uh, big, calm, solid. You know, part of their game plan is uh, well, not so much crowd the net, but they'll shoot from the center ice line just to, you know, bump up their uh, shot volume metrics or whatever it is. Uh, but it's meant to kind of put you on the back foot and spend a little bit more time in the zone. If you actually look at the chance quality, um, you know, we had some really good chances there goaltender made some saves on but we don't win the game unless Stewart turns in the effort that he did tonight and um, you know for a young man to have his level of focus coming out of the Christmas break is impressive. What do you think of Darnell versus game? Yeah, I thought Darnell uh, was good he was competitive he played hard um, you know that's we gave up one goal tonight and uh, you know Stewart's a huge factor in that but it's a team effort and I said this before to a man I thought our players dug in and and, um, you know, found a way under tough circumstances in a tough building. Like I said, that's the second win that we've had here this year. Your captain said he, he was a little slow starting, but, you know, he's paid to. Yeah, 
with those sort of things. You guys asked that question this morning, but it's, it's a little different. When you're three days off, you fly the day of the game. You know, our flight was a little delayed here this morning. Luckily, the Zamboni worked here. That was nice to get on the ice on time. Um, but, uh, you know, for, uh, for our, our players, it's a little bit different of a day. We understood that, but, you know, sitting in the coach's room, I actually think it was a good thing that we played Calgary. It kind of sharpened everybody's focus and got everybody on their toes. And, you know, we weren't perfect tonight, but we did a lot of good things. Most importantly, we competed hard. You've got to re repeat this game. You've had some good yeah. games, but you haven't been repeat passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys aren't any different than what we talk about in the coaches' room, what we talk about with our players. We're searching for a level of consistency. Uh, we've done some really good things uh, on this year. We've weathered the storm of injury bugs and missing key uh, key parts of our lineup. We're finding out about new players, uh, and we've turned in some real good performances in tough buildings. But we're we're like a lot of teams in the NHL right now. We're looking for a measure of uh, consistency. Our hope is that our focus is sharpened. We are post-Christmas now. Um, you know, we have 14 games left before the All-Star break. We're quite aware of that. Uh, we, there's a lot of divisional games dotted on that calendar. We're quite aware of that. Um, but you've heard me say this since the first day that I got up here, is that our focus is on being the best we can be on a day-in, day-out basis. We don't worry about the 14 games in front of us. We worry about being the best we can be uh, that day. And today we were pretty good, and I'm happy that we got the result. Perfect. Good, thanks. Thanks, so Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Edmonton 2, Calgary 1 is your final. Skinner leads the way with 46 saves. Rob, you, you reference a lot. Um, his, his calmness. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying Jack Campbell isn't calm or, or any other goalie that the Oilers have isn't calm. Well, Mike Smith often didn't look calm. He was often better. <laughs> he was often better if he looked like he was a little frenetic in the net. But, um, but, but you talk a lot about the, the effect that has um, on the team. Like, does, does a lot of that... I mean, I know, you know, McDavid's the, the captain of the team. Other guys wear letters. There's, there's a lot of great players in the league who aren't goalies who are leaders but is a is a goalie as much as anybody sometimes the upsetter of the emotion of the team or the the maybe the calmness of the team you know what i mean well and i've, I've talked about it a, a number of times too like when i'm on an airplane and there's turbulence and i look at the stewardesses and if they look calm i'm calm and so in a hockey game if if all of a sudden the game's going sideways a bit and you look at the goalie and your goalie looks calm, you're like, okay, well, I, I feel good about this. Uh, we, we've seen in the past, uh, the year that Talbot had the fantastic season for the Oilers, and the Oilers made the playoffs that year. Connor McDavid was the MVP of the league. But they don't, Connor McDavid's not the MVP, and the team doesn't make the playoffs if it wasn't for Talbot. The goalie is the most important position in the game. And when you've got a goaltender that never gets frazzled, it just continually looks good in there and uh, never nervous and confident. You just feel more confident as a team. Because if, if you're an offensive player and, and you, you feel that, oh, no, I, we're going to have to score five tonight because uh, so-and-so back there is having an off night, we're going to have to score five, that just puts undue pressure on the offensive player. But if you look back there and your goaltender is playing the way that Skinner has most of the year and he did tonight, you're like, hey, guys, you know what? We're not spending a lot of time in the other end, but we just need one chance. And if we get that one chance, we're going to win a hockey game. And that's what happened tonight. The others had four shots in the third period, but one of them went in, and they won a hockey game. So if your goaltender is just exudes confidence, not cockiness, but confidence, and doesn't get rattled, that just allows you to play a much more uh, stress-free hockey game. And I think that's what you saw tonight with the others. Not once. I mean, we're watching all these highlights, you and I, as we do the show, and they continue to show Skinner and Nett. There was never him flailing or throwing arms back. He's always square to the shooter, puck hits him, turns to the next shot. And as a, as a player on the bench, you're like, huh, all right, this is good. I don't know how they're going to score. And I said to you in the third period, I just don't see how they're going to score on Skinner. That's how well he played tonight. And he just gives 
if the goalie's confident, the team is confident. Well, I, I like how you put that, and and I, I like how you put it in the context of the players whose job it is to score goals, thinking how many are we going to need. Mm-hmm. And I will. I, I wasn't. I don't make as many score predictions as, as you often do, especially when we're sitting here together watching. But I did think when McDavid scored, I thought, okay, worst case scenario, the Oilers are getting a point out of this game because I did. I, and I'm not taking anything away from how Calgary played or some of their top players. Yes, Flames fans listening, I know Backlund hit the post with five mm-hmm. seconds Absolutely, left. Yeah. Absolutely, but but I, I remember thinking, okay, worst case scenario, this is going to overtime because they're not beating Skinner. They're not getting to yeah. three in regulation time. Maybe maybe in three-on-three three or credit for the goal in the shootout, but I, I didn't think that they were getting there in regulation. Well, and what it does, too, is it doesn't force the Oilers' offensive players to cheat, doesn't force them to... Uh, try to make plays out of nothing because they don't. They know they don't need three goals. They don't need four goals, five goals, whatever it is. Uh, when the game's one-one, they're thinking, "All right, they, he's a brick wall back there." So now we can just play a simple game. The Oilers know with Connor and Leon, and, and Hyman and Kane and Nugent Hopkins, but Connor and Leon. They're going to score at some point in the game. They're going to create offense. So they don't have to start forcing things. And when they force things, when they get themselves in trouble, that's when the turnovers happen. And then they get the odd man breaks coming the other way. They're like, all right, we're going to get our one chance. When we get that chance, we're going to score. And the Edmonton Oilers, the one advantage they have over everyone in the National Hockey League, their top two players, if it gets into, we're going to trade a chance, you get one, we get one, their top two players are going to finish their chances more so than anyone else in the National Hockey League. And that's why in this close game, they only needed that one chance to win it. Because really, in the third period, they only had the one yeah, chance. exactly. Power play goal, which we are going to talk about. $200 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They've been given 100 bucks a goal to Santa's Anonymous all season long. So the Oilers take it 2-1. Stuart Skinner, the star of the game. Here he is. Victory was for you guys. Yeah, uh, I thought we played a played a hell of a game. Uh, I thought both teams obviously came out uh, came out strong, uh, especially coming out of three days off with the Christmas break. I thought uh, I thought we kept on getting better every single period, um, and that's it's uh, big that we got that one. So. You have your number against Calgary. You play pretty darn good. 17, 117 and 120 shots. That's pretty impressive. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> Is there some reason? I mean, you're just obviously getting a zone playing this team? Uh, I'm not too sure. I think I just fate had it that played uh, played decent against these guys a few times. And um, obviously, it's a lot more fun playing Battle of Alberta, right? Um, but I, I mean, it's just it was a good game. I thought both teams played well. And uh, it's always it's, it's not always about the performance. It's about trying to get the win, right? So just trying to give my team the best chance to win. Did you hear the post at the end of the game? I sure did. Yeah. yeah, I sure did. No, I was... I was thinking the post after that one. I was doing the flurry. I should have kissed the post after. Now, you're an NHL player, and you know, you're used to all this, but is there still something for you as an eminent guy playing the Flames, being the Battle of Alberta, coming into this rink, coming down to Calgary? Is it still special a little bit? Yeah, I think it always will be. I mean, you grew up watching those games. Those are the most exciting games as a kid to watch, and uh, being able to play in it is obviously a dream come true, and um, I'm looking forward to playing them hopefully uh, a lot more. Is it too cliche to call this one a four-point game in December? No knowing, though, that you don't play them again this year. Yeah, I think, I mean, being a, be, uh, it was kind of like a small series, right, the three games, and uh, being able to beat them twice is, uh, is big for us, and just being able to get those points, especially coming right after Christmas and kind of going on the second half here. What did you think of Darnell versus game? I thought he was great. Yeah, I thought all of our D uh, played a heck of a game. Uh, I know one play where we were all we were all really tired in the first period, and we uh, iced the puck, and he skated from basically right when he got off, and he beat both those guys down the ice and the ice. I mean, he's just such a hard worker, and uh, I respect him. Stu, you got some momentum going right now in your career. You got a kid on the way as well. Just maybe a, how's the grateful check-in uh, for yourself feeling right now when, when it comes to your career and, and how things are going for you? Yeah, incredibly. Uh, I mean, you try to live every day with as much gratitude as you can. I mean, we're all alive, so we all get a chance to, uh, you know, be happy and enjoy ourselves. And uh, with uh, with my little uh, buddy on the way, it's, it's just a uh, cherry on top. Very excited. Thanks, Thank you. It's funny, Ray, just listening to Skinner talk there first about, you know, is, is life off the, off the ice. But one of the things that he talked about on the ice tonight, and 
a player that has taken a lot of criticism in the last few months, Darnell Nurse, that play in the game tonight that he referenced was a fantastic play. And these are the types of things that we see Darnell, knew, Darnell Nurse do that don't go noticed as much. But the Oilers were in their own zone for an extended period of time. That was a long, long shift. They were stuck in their own zone. They iced it, which meant it was going to be a face-off. Same guys have to stay on. Darnell Nurse, the defenseman, took off from his spot, raced the length of the ice, and got the ice and blown off. He touched the puck and went to the bench, and all five Oilers got the change. And it's a small play that was really a big play in this hockey game because if the Calgary Flames get to send out their best players against an absolutely fatigued group of five of Oiler defenders, the Edmonton Oilers were in trouble. So that was a really good play, and I like the fact that Stuart Skinner pointed it out. That's our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop. Today, the Oilers beat the Flames 2-1. Power play goal by McDavid wins it. Oilers go 1-3 for three on the power play. Flames were 0-1. for one. I, I think definitely fans of both teams can make claims about one or two other plays that maybe should have been power plays yep. that weren't called. They didn't call a ton tonight. Uh, th that was an interesting penalty call. Calgary dumps it in. Mm -hmm. Pani takes his hand off his stick and, and grabs Nurse, kind of the left bicep, yep. and Nurse flails open. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he's trying to draw a call. Do you think that was a penalty, or do you think it was going into the corner? It, it, or it, both? It was a penalty. Okay, there were three penalties off the top of my head in the last two minutes that should have been called. Uh, Lindholm ran Drysettle into the box. Drysettle embellished it a little bit, but it was a penalty. Hyman grabbed the stick of Tanov. That was blatant, should have been called. And then Nurse rocked to Foley coming across the blue line uh, in the last minute. Again, that should have been called. Having said all that, Mangiapane's penalty was a penalty. And it was dumb. All those other ones could have been called, as could have Mangiapane's, but the ref called that one. You can't do that. You're a 1-1 game. You can never give the referee an opportunity to have uh, be part of the outcome. It's a nothing play. It's a race going to the point to the puck in the corner. If Mangiapane doesn't touch Nurse there, they're arriving at the puck at the same time in the corner, and then it's a battle. You might, Mangiapane might win, he might lose, but it is in the Edmonton Oilers' end, as far away as possible from your net, and you get to battle there. He grabs his arm, pulls him, that was, they could have called that, and then he put him in a bear hug and carried him into the corner. It was just a bad play by Mangiapane. And one that, as you and I both looked at each other, the others are getting a power play. They spent the most of the period in their own zone. But we're like, all right, here's going to be a goal. I mean, this is the best power play in the world. They're 0 for 2. I'd say that 1 for 3 is where they're at on the season. They're probably going to score here. And the Edmonton Oilers' power play has this ability to score big goals at the right moment. So Mangiapane could have argued it on the way to the penalty box as he did, but he gave the referee an opportunity to put him in the box. That's on him. That was a bad penalty. All right, so the Oilers win 2-1 in Calgary. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on 630ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. So McDavid gets the winner. Tyson Berry scores career goal number 100. You're going to hear from both of those guys. And we're happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. Back in a couple of minutes, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And now the Flames pick up a loose puck. It's Weger with a shot. And that blistered off the right shoulder of Skinner. And then he stopped the rebound against Rosicka as well. Squirted out into the high slot. Tanev over to Brett Ritchie. Turns, fires, and a save made by Skinner from well, a sharp angle. Lots of options for Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. He makes 46 of them as the Oilers beat the Flames 2-1, the shots on goal, 47-22, the shot attempts, so that shots on goal, blocked shots, and attempts that missed the net were 81-32 for Calgary, <laughs> so they had the puck a lot, especially as the game wore on. The, the, the shots were 23-18 after the second period. I thought the Flames were better. I wouldn't say 
drastically better. Well, and then to be fair, the Oilers did have some great opportunities. Yes. And Markstrom, despite taking the loss tonight, he made some huge saves, especially off dry side. Yeah, Markstrom was good and probably a confidence builder for him on the game. The the game winning goal that dry or excuse me that Connor scored, he had no chance. Uh, it, it was Gretzky was the first one that used to do that, where he'd go across one way and then shoot the puck back the other way. And if you hit the spot, the goalie can't stop it. And McDavid hit the spot. It was posting in. Uh, a great shot. Markstrom was outstanding in this game. Uh, but I'm sure that he and his flame teammates are frustrated uh, by the way that Skinner played in the opposite end. Both goaltenders, great games. But Skinner, exceptionally great. As from about, well, as soon as the Oilers scored that goal, go-ahead goal, they spent the rest of the night in their own zone. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Domenico on the line. Hope I'm saying your name right, sir. Thanks for calling. Uh, uh, hello, Mr. Wilkins. Hello, Mr. Uh, Brown. Um, uh, it's Domenico. It's Italian. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Long-time listener, first-time uh, caller, and... Uh, um, uh, I'm a bit nervous. Uh, so McDavid is now on a 16-game point streak. Yep, uh, 32 points. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's had he has 31 goals in 36 games. And uh, since 1997-1998, he is he is he is uh, tied for second fastest. Um, uh, with most goals scored in 35, fast, most goals scored in 35 games. Yeah, how high do you think he goes this year? I think that he will reach 70. Well, that'd be incredible. He's yes. certainly on pace for 60. Mm -hmm, probably yes. isn't quite well, on pace for 70, but, but close. But the one thing that we've seen over the course of Connor McDavid's career he always is better in the second half of the season than he is in the first half. So mm -hmm. that is pretty uh, scary what, he's, what he has the opportunity to do this year. He is having an incredible season, and uh, it's going to be fun sitting back here and watching to see how it finishes. Yeah, appreciate it. First-time caller. Always uh, any other first-time callers will we'll be a little cheeky. We'll bump you up in the queue for your first-time caller tonight. Always nice to get a first time. Uh, we have heard from this gentleman before. He's always fun. Big Bad Joe is on the line. Joe, go ahead. Hey, hey you guys. Uh, good show again. And, you know, usually uh, Brown takes my line. This time Skinner did. Because that play from uh, Darnell Nurse, that was just humongous. And, uh, you know, Skinner skinned, uh, skinned the Calgary Flames. But what I like the most about the game tonight is from they were really, on top, you know, on top of the game. They didn't take dumb penalties. They were really composed when it came to that. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know, it was an awesome game. You know, you have those games where you get outshot. But you know what? At the end of the night, I don't care if they get outshot every game. But at the end of the night, we have two points. And, you know, that's what counts. And like I said, notice with all the critics where he has to put up with and ship him out of town and do this with him, do that with him. You know what? He made the play of the game. I think that was the play of the game. Yeah, you know, when he went skating down and he touched the puck and he went off. I mean, we were, like Rob said and what Skinner said too, he would have been in big problems though. And that's all what I want to say, you guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, good points. Uh, really good points. The in the nurse play was uh, one of those pivotal ones that you don't really think about a whole lot at the time, but when a goaltender points it out in a game where he is so good in the game and he points out, he's like, oh, yeah, well, now you think back, like, yeah, that could have changed the way the direction the game went. But another point that he made during that conversation is the Oilers were very disciplined in this hockey game. And the Calgary Flames do have some talent they can put on their power play. And they played smart. And it was the Calgary Flames that flinched first when it came to taking penalties. And it was what cost them in the end. So there was a time in this season that you and I would sit here after the game and start looking back at the, the silly penalties or the unnecessary penalties that the Oilers took and how they kept putting undue pressure on a poor penalty-killing unit. Tonight, they went into Calgary, simplified their game, played smart, played discipline, and came away with two points. 2-1 Oilers victory tonight. So just updating the, the standings. So it is now Colorado 40 points, 
Edmonton 40 points, the two wildcard teams. Colorado three games in hand, so they have the advantage on points percentage. Calgary now the best non-playoff team, just a point back of the Oilers. They have the same number of games played, so the points percentage is 556, Edmonton 542 for Calgary. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Tony on the line tonight. Hey, Tony, go ahead. Merry Christmas, Merry Belay Christmas to you guys. In my honest opinion, I know the short, the shots were, you know, Calgary had a lot of shots, but from what I was watching during the game is a lot, I'd say maybe a handful were grade A opportunities. Um, I just feel, I just felt like in the last about 30 minutes of the game, Calgary was just trying to put everything on the net that they could. Um, and you know how they say, uh, take a lot of shots well maybe in there are games in this season where we've only had 30 30 or less shots and we've won and then there's games where we've had 30 more shots and lost this is a good game where it's more quantity quality over quantity and um i want to know your guys' opinion on the Uyghur to connor's knee on knee it was a trip that's a tripping penalty yeah it was a two-minute penalty should have been called because I just thought how, like, and the referee, you can't tell me the referees did not see that. Well, he thought the referee probably thought that it was the body that led and not the knee or the leg, the way he saw it. Uh, but, yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah, well, I thought it should, should have been called. Yeah, for sure. A couple others probably should have been called. But Yeah, it was, it was a weird one for the referees because there were some that were obvious that they didn't call, and it was both ways. It wasn't just on Calgary or just on Edmonton. Uh, that they didn't call, and it's like, yeah. So, and usually, games like that don't favor the Oilers. The Oilers want to play a game of specialty teams, get their power play out as much as they can. But the the Uyghur one on, on Connor, that, that should have been a two-minute trip on Uyghur. Okay, Oilers win it 2-1. Game winner scored by this man, Connor McDavid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously it always feels good when in this building. Um, our team historically has always struggled out of breaks, so um, it's it's important for us to, to get out of the break hot, and um, you know, it's a, a big win for us to kickstart us. A 2-1 game, it's hard defensively, and you really have to you know, not make any big mistakes and play hard for 60. Is that kind of the game you guys are looking for? Is it a nice to win a 2-1 game here? Uh, definitely. You know, that's always that's always the game we want to win. You know, we never, we're never trying to, trying to win them 6-5 or 6 Seven five or whatever, you know, we always want to play uh, play that that tight style. And, um, you know, we did we did a good job of not making the big mistake. Like you said, it seems to be something that we've we've done in, in the past past couple uh, past couple weeks probably. And um, so we did a good job of just giving ourselves a chance. Can you run us through your goal? Sliced into the high slot. That yeah, was a nice play by Leo, as usual. Hyman keeps it alive, and Leo puts it on my tape, and you know, just tried to, to work across and get my shot off. I had been uh, pretty quiet all night, so just trying to get a shot on that, and um, you know, went in. How worried were you when you got hit? Looked like you were favoring your leg after the hit in the second. Uh, certainly. I mean, you always, you always feeling it out when, when something like that happens. So that's all. What did you think of Darnell Nurse's game tonight? Oh, great. He was a horse. Um, you know, played uh, um, you know so so solid, so strong, and won a lot of puck battles in our own zone and stopped a lot of cycles and um, played great. Stewart scares game again. He's really played great, great against Calgary this year. Yeah, he seems to have their number. Um, not sure, not sure what that's about, but um, you know, I know this is a game that lots of guys get up for, and and he, and he certainly does too. And um, he played great. Your game uh, maybe slow starting first period. Looks like you bobbled the puck a little bit, and then it's a game going on. You got better, got better in a circle. This game went on. Did you sort of come on in the third period trying to say maybe play better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's always the goal. Uh, that's always the goal is to, uh, you know, I um, it's my job to to produce and um, I always try to get a touch on games and um, you know just try to, to to get my little piece in there. I guess is that the mentality that's led the 16 game point streak right now? One off your career high. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm just always trying to, I'm always trying to play well, like everyone is. You know, I'm no different than anybody else, just trying to play well and do my part, and that's all. Um, the Calgary Temp Fate, you got the best power play in the league. You score one out of every three, and you scored in the third power play. Um, yeah, 
I mean, our power play is uh, is good, and it's been good for a long time. And um, you give us a couple looks, we're, we're usually gonna gonna find a way. And I was uh, disappointed we didn't find a way to, to get one in Vancouver against Vancouver in a game where you know if we get one, it probably probably goes a long way. So the power play stepped up tonight, and um, that's what we're paid to do. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Okay, that is Connor McDavid. Yeah, 31 goals in this, the 37th game of the season. He has a 16-game point streak. That is the second longest of his career. 17 is his personal record as the Oilers knock off Calgary 2-1. Sirius Gort is on the line. My, oh, my, Gort. <laughs> I've been busy, man. I had a couple big projects that finally wound up just before Christmas, so I got some time on my hands. For okay, good. Can you be done by 10.30 today so we can do uh, our news? Okay, I'll go as quick as I um, Do it. We're happy. We're happy to get the win. We're not happy with how we won. I think we got outplayed pretty much in every dynamic. Uh, quality of shots. I will beg to differ with Rob. I don't think uh, Skinner was as stellar as he's doubted to be. He didn't get the number of east-west uh, movement of the puck shots that we saw. The kind of goal that Connor scored, non-existence against Calgary. There's just no scoring talent on Calgary. Um, three big things: is Drysital nicked up? Um, well, you know what? Before you go any further on that, I think there's got to be something. I can't believe he wasn't on the ice for the face-off in the last minute of the hockey game. Yep. Dreisaitl? Yeah. And then, and then I'd like to hear your comments on uh, uh, Huberto, and I'd like you to point to me a single instance where Barry won a puck battle in the corner. Um, he might be a talented goal scorer. He got an easy goal. Marston watched the puck go on that to on that one goal, um, but uh, very weak in the corners. One of the reasons why there were so many scoring opportunities was the play of our defense in the corners. They got out muscled almost every shift. Well, they're they're going to get out muscled a lot of the time because they're it's not a physical team. Uh, I just yeah. point out the yeah. fact that Barry on the season he's a plus player and he's in the top seven for scoring in the for defense in the National League. Like, I think he's been the most consistent or their defenseman they've had all year now and is the bar high or low i don't know that's up to you but barry's been their mo the player that's played up to his potential more than any other other defenseman as, as um, for huberto uh the problem for huberto is and you just said it a second ago the calgary flames don't have pure goal scorers huberto, yeah. huberto is a playmaker a fantastic playmaker but he doesn't have a pure goal scorer he doesn't have a kachuk or a goudreau to pass to and I think that takes away some of the effectiveness of Jonathan Uberdo. And yes, I think, I, I, I mean, I'm totally speculating. I don't know anything. But yeah, Dreisaitl's ice time has been down last couple games. I mean, he still played 19-10. True. And he left the game for a little bit tonight. No one knows why. Yeah, but the, but you're, you nailed it, that he was not on the ice we have the, the at the end. A minute to go. He's, he, what were the face-offs in the game tonight? 31-27 Calgary. No, I mean for Drysaddle and for McDavid. Drysaddle went 10 out of 20 for 50%. McDavid went 6 out of 15 for 40%. Yeah, so, I mean, they had McDavid out there taking the final faceoff, and Leon wasn't on the ice. That, to me, shocked me. Leon takes every big faceoff down the stretch, and at the very least, he's on the ice to be the second faceoff player if one of the players gets kicked out. So I was surprised he wasn't on the ice. Brad gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He took the under. I set the line at... One and a half goals in the first 10 minutes of the game. There were none. Set the line for River Creek Resort Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Oilers win 2-1. More of your phone calls. If you're on hold, just hang tight through the news and weather, and you'll hear from Tyson Berry. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Grand possession for Derek Ryan from center ice. It's rolled toward Markstrom. They'll play it to Sidorov, angled off the boards, Razichka. Turned and found Stone up the right-hand side. Richie got hammered by Nima Line. Well, as has often been the case this year, Marcus Niemelainen provides our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Stuart Skinner steals the show, 46 saves as the Oilers beat the Calgary Flames 2-1 tonight coming out of the Christmas break. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you. Thanks a lot for joining us. 780-496-0063. Troy is on the line. Hey, Troy. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good. Good show tonight. Um, I just want to say a um, little worried about Dry. Uh, obviously, he's banged up. Mm -hmm. um, um, I'm just, I would like some comments on 
the lack of response to that hit on Dreisaitl, or I mean on McDavid. That, I just, I just don't, don't get it. I don't think the players. Toughness. Yeah, I just don't think the players felt it was dirty. I think they felt it was a, a well, trip. Well, it wasn't dirty, but when your leader is laying on the ice, curled up in a ball. Yeah, but I mean, he got up and he was back response. in the play in his own zone within seconds. Yeah. Well. So this is the team. The Oilers are not a. They're yeah. not a team that plays I, that way. I get. I get what you're saying, Troy. And this is kind of an ongoing debate. I, I think you obviously know hockey has changed in general, even in I know. the last ten years. I don't know. I, I, here, I'll play devil's advocate, and I, I understand what you're saying. I guess for devil's advocate, I, I don't even know who. I guess Hyman and Puliyarvi would have been on the ice. I'm not sure which two defensemen were. Didn't have to be that shift. He played the rest of the game. Yeah, but, done but, it, but here's here's my thing. It was it was a tie game most of the night. So yeah, if an Oiler not. does something and takes a penalty, and Calgary scores the winning goal on that penalty then the calls are like, don't do it in a close game. Wait till next year. Wait till the playoffs. Wait till it's a 5-2 game with three uh, minutes left. in the memory bank. I get that part of it. But, but it, again, it, it's, not a, it. it's not a, it wasn't dirty. It wasn't intent. If it was, if anyone on the Oilers felt know. it was. He kind of moved right at the last second there. I mean, he hit shoulder first. Yep. But there was knee on knee as well. It was knee on knee. It should have been a penalty. 100% it was a penalty. But it was no, ten, and it's, it's, if this was, a Kadri or or Kachuk last year, then you're thinking, okay, that there was intent to injure. Uyghur's not that kind of player, and they're just not. If if McDavid was laid out, didn't get up, then there would have been response. He got up, finished the shift, and it was fine. So uh, that's just not the way the game is played anymore. And the Oilers certainly aren't that type of team. If there's intent and a guy is hurt, then you'll see guys go out there. But you're not going to go out every time a guy gets hit and take a dumb penalty in an important game just to, to yeah. settle scores. I, I think he's making a fair point, though, about, and we talk about this, I mean, sometimes we say, you know, beef or, or whatever. I mean, are the Oilers, I guess, nasty enough? Do they have guys who, who might, whether it's in that situation they, or not, or, 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 or who will be... Yeah, who they, will deliver a hit like that? They they do they have guys. I mean, when Kane's back in the lineup. Yeah, but that's Nurse, he's not. No, but well, you said if they have guys, Nurse would do that. He'd st- stand up and fight a guy. They're not, but they're not a team that's built that way. This is just this. The Oilers are a skilled team. They try to outskill you, and the way they outskill you when you hit them dirty is they score in the power play and beat you that way. Two one, the Oilers win. We also have Matt on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Matt. Go ahead. Hi, I'm a first-time caller from Australia. Oh, amazing. I, I like um, the Oilers a lot, and I was happy to see Tyson Berry get his 100th goal, and I thought McDavid played really well, and so did um, Stuart Skinner. And how, how did you fall in love with the Oilers being in Australia? Um, my dad, he's from Edmonton and Calgary, so um, I, it's kind of passed down from my father so yeah oh so you had to pick between edmonton and calgary or do you like them both oh i hate calgary <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to uh have you ever been to canada yeah we um i've been a couple times yeah have you been to, have you been to an oiler game yeah i went to the i went to an oiler game and then Connor mcdavid to rosa park oh sweet okay uh so what time is it now it's um 4:30 in P- the afternoon. So that is that 4:30 tomorrow or yesterday? Is it Wednesday? It's um it's Wednesday, yeah. It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Now, do you okay. do you play hockey or have you ever played hockey? I used to play like not a game, but just some practice around um where I live. That's all. And how, how old are you? I'm 13. Okay, so you're, so you're listening on the computer then or on your phone? I'm on my phone right now, yeah. Okay, huh? and, but is that how you listen to Chad, through a, so, an app? Uh, we, yeah, through an app. Okay, awesome. And what, what sports do you play? Do you play sports in Australia? Yeah, I play uh, Australian rules football. Oh, that means um, you're tough then. Because <laughs> I've seen those games yeah. on TV. You guys got to be tough to play that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basketball, cricket, yeah. Awesome. What else you got, Matt? Anything else on the team? Um, I'm, I hope that we make the playoffs. So, yeah. 
Well, Matt, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to guarantee a playoff game for you. I say the Oilers will make the playoffs, and you will be listening to 630 Chad when the Oilers are in the playoffs in April. Thank you. Right on. That is Matt checking in from Australia. That's we, pretty cool. We had and we had Domenico on the show earlier. He just emailed me. He says he forgot to tell you, Rob, that he has one of your hockey carts. That's worth fourteen cents. We we were looking them up on eBay <laughs> one <laughs> Actually, night. I may there are some good deals. I may have exaggerated the fourteen cents the, too. There are some good deals. Well, no, because if if you factor in shipping, you might have to pay over a dollar. <laughs> that was unfortunately it. that was most of the cost. <laughs> most <laughs> all of the cost. <laughs> all right. Well, it's good to hear from Matt in Australia. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We got to get into a quick break here. It's Hartlett Ford Overtime Open Line. Boilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford. Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Right to Leon Dreisaitl. Warren Fogle gained the line. And an awkward pass into the corner. I think that was intended for Yamamoto, who eventually does retrieve. Saucer back. Blast by Barry and scores. Tyson Barry point with the 100th goal of his National Hockey League career. His first in 14 games and we are tied. That made a 1-1. Oilers would beat the Flames 2-1. Nice milestone there for Barry who is our fourth star of the game. For Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer, the three stars Skinner, McDavid, and on the game sheet, it says Brett Ritchie. Yeah, I did hear. I thought I heard Bob say that, too. Well, big But game. then I think Bob changed it to Backland, <laughs> which I would have picked. Backland, I thought, was excellent. In yeah, games, anyway. As he usually is. Uh, Barry's the fourth star. Here he is. Just a comment on your 100th NHL goal, being able to get it in, in such a big game tonight. Yeah, it's um, it's great. You know, it's uh, it's a long way. If, you know, it's a long way from where I started, and I remember my first goal. So uh, I'm lucky to have, have played as long as I have and, and be given given opportunities to um, you know be offensive. So uh, it's a cool little milestone, and uh, it's behind me now. So looking ahead. Who was it on? Oh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was uh, on Pekka Rene against Nashville. Uh, this was a, a, your team played a strong defensive game. Gave up some shots and all that, but yeah. this was the kind of game I think you try to play more often. Is that fair? Yeah, uh, it's you know it's a tough game after the break, uh, travel the day of, and come into a tough building in a in a big game where you know we're both battling for points. And um, Stewie was obviously great tonight, and uh, but yeah, it was a gritty. You know, we found a way, and those are the ones coming down the stretch here. We're going to need to you know to be able to play those you know low scoring games and, and find a way to button it up. What do you think of Darnell versus game? Yeah, he he was great uh, defensively all night, cutting off cycles, being physical, making the right plays, and uh, you know that's when that's when Doc's at his best is when he's uh, yeah yeah he's jumping plays, anticipating, and uh, he was physical, and I mean he's a he's a nightmare to play against when he's going like that. Yeah. Tyson, winning the Battle of Alberta regular season series, maybe just talk about what what does that do for you guys, looking to generate some momentum. Yeah, um, it's great. I think over the last, it's nice we only had them, what is it, three times this year? So over the last couple of years, we've probably played them 25 times or something crazy. So um, it's nice to, to get this one tonight and it gives us a little momentum coming out of the Christmas break. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Congrats. Congrats. Congrats again. All right, Tyson Berry gets his 100th goal of his career, fifth of the season. Yamamoto had the assist on that play. Dreisaitl and Hyman assisted on the McDavid game winner on the power play. Flames outshoot the Oilers 47-22, but Skinner makes 46 stops. We have Sir Robert on the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, and obviously... I mean, uh, I'll start with this. Nice to see Barry get his 100th goal. I thought Skinner obviously stood on his head. I mean, Skinner completely stole the game tonight. Um, I thought, you know, I thought defensively, I thought we, I don't think we were, I don't think we were terrible. I mean, yeah, we gave up 47 shots, but overall, I mean, nice to find a way to pull it out, even if, uh, even if Skinner had to, like I said, stand on his head. Uh, I had a quick, uh, a quick question here for Rob on that uh, on that hit on McDavid. Do you th- do you think it wasn't called because either the ref didn't see it or 
the ref uh, the ref didn't didn't think he well, stuck his knee out the the ref would have spo- the refs would have seen it because McDavid had the puck so that's where their focus will be i just think now this is just me guessing that they believed that Weger got him with his shoulder to the chest at the same time the leg hit it, it, it after watching replay that wasn't the case it was knee on knee it should have been a penalty i just think the ref looked saw the upper body hit as well but the ref missed it. It was a penalty. Yeah, you know, and I'll just uh, a couple more quick ones. Obviously, I thought uh, I thought overall. I mean, like the I thought uh, I mean they, like the the best player tonight for me that wasn't on the score sheet. I thought was a uh, uh, clean cost and just because he was he was as usual. He was big, physical. He had a, you know he had a couple big hits, and then on defense, Nima Line and I've. I've always wondered why does uh, why does he keep coming up and down? Why not why not keep him here? Yeah, he he doesn't have a lot of experience, but he but he he brings that that physical element that the Oilers I believe lack on the back end most nights. So personally, I would I would I would like to see Nemeline and stay here long like lo- longer term. Give him more of a leash to see see what he can do at this level just until we get get a bit more help back there. Okay. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it, Sir Robert. Yeah, well, Thanks. I mean, injuries on the back end right now. Are right, forcing him to be yeah. here. Niemelein is fine. I mean, he still has things he has to work on, puck skills, moving the puck up quickly. Uh, but he does bring the physical element and uh, by far the the biggest hitter that the Oilers have on the back end. And I, I, th- I thought he was good tonight. Uh, he, he does put a little fear in the opponents when he's on the ice. They know he's out there. Oilers win 2-1. We also have Frank standing by. Frank, thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, good discussion tonight. I, I enjoyed watching the game. And I really actually enjoyed listening to Matt from uh, Australia. I yeah, yeah. cute kid. Worldwide. That, was, that was really cool. I'm going to take on the NHL a little bit tonight in uh, two facets. Number one, it's incredible that Calgary and Edmonton will only face each other three times all year. I can't believe that either the Flames or the Oilers could have agreed to a schedule like that. And I didn't check, but I'm wondering if some of the other natural rivalries like Toronto, Montreal. Yes, and yeah, actually, York John Shannon, I talked to John Shannon about that on the Faceoff show. The Rangers and Islanders are only playing three times. I think he mentioned one or two other rivalries. It's a schedule rotation where okay. a couple there's a couple teams in your division that you, you're, you're only going to play three times instead of four. I think they should ignore it. The problem if, if you, you want to. The problem if you ignore it. Say Edmonton and Calgary are the two best teams, and all of a sudden, Vancouver plays San Jose, and Vancouver makes the playoffs by one point because they got to play against a bad San, San Jose team, and Edmonton had to play against a good Calgary team. That's why they're doing it to make it fair. I agree. I'd rather watch Edmonton Calgary, but they're just doing it to make it fair. Yep. But I, I still think I'd add two more games. Doesn't matter to us. We're not playing them, so it's not going to affect us physically. So make it an 84-game schedule, and then everyone gets to play more. What else, Frank? One that's, oh, Stauffer has made this point at least a dozen times in the times that I've listened to him, and that is that, uh, that the, the NHL is the one professional sports league that does not look out for its superstars. And I think we saw another example of that tonight with the uh, the incident with uh, McDavid, and he's not the only one that that this happens to. Uh, I'm old enough to remember uh, back in the day when Mario Lemieux uh, finally called the NHL a bush league because they wouldn't call all the holding and, and interference. And I'm wondering uh, whether it makes any sense if uh, you know McDavid, uh, McKinnon, or maybe some of the other bigger stars came out and 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 just called the NHL and and the officials on the fact that they don't look after the players that we pay a lot of money to watch and 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 uh, I don't know what do you guys think? Well, I, it was a penalty tonight. They missed 100%. But I if you watch videos from watch from when the Oilers in the 80s were playing. Uh, or watch when Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin uh, first broke into the league. The league is 100% or 1,000% uh, safer for the star players now than it was then. There still could be things that you want to be called, but the league, 
watch Sidney Crosby playing against the Philadelphia Flyers in the playoffs or playing against the Columbus Blue Jackets and then watch a game today. There's no comparison the way that the Stars are treated today as they were 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Oilers win it 2-1. We'll look around the league here on the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Coyotes beat the Avalanche 6-3. Canucks ring up the Sharks 6-2. Quinn Hughes scored a beauty in that one. Kings lead the Golden Knights 3-2 with 440 left. Ottawa shocks Boston 3-2 in a shootout. Hurricanes shut out Chicago 3-0. Islanders all over the Penguins, 5-1. Caps beat the Rangers, 4-zip. Dallas wins 3-2 in Nashville. Minnesota wins 4-1 in Winnipeg. Maple Leafs in overtime. Nylander gets his 21st, 5-4 against the Blues. Oil Kings lost 7-1 in Red Deer. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield over San Jose, 5-1. World Juniors, Finland 5, Slovakia 2. Sweden shutting out Germany, 1-zip. Switzerland gets by Latvia, 3-2 in a shootout. Czechia Hammers Austria 9-0 in the NBA. The Raptors lost 124-113 to the Clippers. And that is your Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. We have Douglas at 780-496-0063. Hi, Douglas. Oh, yeah. Hi. How are you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Okay, we might not have Douglas after all. That's okay. Little stage fright. Uh, I think we've talked to Douglas before. Something yep. must happen with his phone. We will uh, go to Robin instead on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Robin. Hey, Robin Reed. <clears throat> Great game tonight. I'd like to point out that I, I saw Barry pointing and directing somebody on the ice. It was out of out of the picture. Mm -hmm. That was Leon. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Kelly Rudy uh, pointed it out. He was getting him up to the to the blue line, Dreisaitl, and he swung the, the, the puck right, right across like he knew what was going to happen. I mean, that's that's awesome. It's awesome on this 100th goal. And Nurse's ice, uh, negating that icing call, that might have been the mistake that the Oilers made that cost him a tie. And that Nurse, uh, was it Mangiapane that uh, cried uh, interference on yeah, Nurse? Yeah, he's the one Mangiapane got the penalty against yep. Nurse, yep. Bad penalty. No, no, no. I mean, the interference call. Didn't he skate into Nurse? I, I didn't oh, know. The, I think that was, that was to Foley at yeah, the end Foley. of the game, that, yes. That should have been a penalty on Nurse. The referees oh, missed that one, too. I thought that he'd skated into him. Well, yeah. Watch well, Nurse. I thought Nurse shouldered him, yeah. though. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I thought Nurse shouldered him, but fair enough, yeah. I guess, So there you go. We, that's why refs have a tough job. We got. <laughs> and Skinner was awesome. And shout out to Matt in Australia. I think that's <laughs> awesome as well. Yeah, that was good. And Skinner was Have a good night, guys. incredible, obviously. Yeah, we appreciate it. That's Robin. Okay. I think Douglas is back. Douglas, I've got a connection here. Yes, I'm on. Okay, good. Go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah, I love the Matt's uh, comment because when I was, uh, I took my skates down to Australia. I'm not Australian. I'm Ukrainian-Canadian from Edmonton. But I took my skates down there to find out, you know, to teach these people how to hockey, have hockey, I mean, and, you know, there's so many fans down there, so many Oilers fans and rinks, and it's very hot, so <laughs> very hard to get skates and everything. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm so glad. And on uh, on my return home, uh, May 19th, 1985, was my birthday, I brought a bunch of Australian people there, and that's where the Oilers won. The first time they cup. That's right. Well, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. And so Connor can do it too. And I'm not worried about Calgary because I used to live in Calgary. It's a tough game and you got to be tough. I don't blame Sutter, but if you keep trying to goon uh, 97 or our other stars, we can goon back. All right. That's all. Appreciate that's all it, Douglas. Say. Yeah. No worries. 7804960063. Um, yeah, it is interesting what you said earlier, Rob, and uh, Sirius Gord brought it up. Um, I mean, the Flames are 18th in goals for coming into this game. So now I'm not ig ignoring the Oilers, you know, defensive problems because mm -hmm. obviously they're they're pretty bad when it comes to goals against. But you made an interesting point. Does Calgary have that pure finisher, that, that real 
sniper you know in a game like this where it's just like okay you know Skinner's playing great well guess what I got the shot to beat you yeah I I don't know if they do uh, they they work hard they create a bunch of chances but they have to really work to get that goal they don't have the well for example the Oilers uh, get dominated in the third period the shots are 24 to 1 but the Oilers get their one opportunity it's on the stick of Connor McDavid he can beat goaltenders. Leon Dreisel, he only needs one shot. He can beat a goaltender. And the Calgary Flames, uh, I, I, they have to manufacture shift after shift, chance after chance to be able to put the puck in the net. They don't have a Kachuk who, I mean, he's, he scores, he's going to score 40 again. Like, he's a pure goal scorer. Johnny Goudreau, for years, he was, you give him that one chance. He gets, he's a guy that would spring himself for a breakaway or find himself on the power play open, and he would bury that puck. Jonathan Hubido, I, I love as a hockey player, but he's a playmaker. And I don't know what he's got on the season. I think it's like five goals on the year, something along that line, where he's six goals on the year. Uh, he creates things, but he doesn't, he's not a goal scorer. Uh, Lindholm... Uh, wasn't who we've seen him dominate the Oilers in the past, wasn't as noticeable tonight without Kachuk and, and Goudreau. So I, the Calgary Flames will be a good playoff team because in the playoffs they'll, they'll eke out a one goal or a 2-1 game or a 3-2 game. They'll get into overtime and they don't give up a lot of chances, but they are missing that pure goal score. And that's why the Edmonton Oilers have an advantage against a lot of teams is they only need one or two chances a night to put one or two goals in the back. All right, we'll get Dean and Matt on the show as well. Oilers take it 2-1 in Calgary. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid's power play goal wins it with 12.32 left in the third. His 31st of the season. He's on a 16-game point streak. Skinner stops 46 as the Oilers are now 19-15-2. We'll see if they have two good games in a row. I, I, like less than a week ago, we were like, oh, they beat Dallas. That's great. Here we go. And then lose to Vancouver. So they'll beat Calgary. We'll see if they can put something together. We have Dean on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Dean. Go ahead. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. All right, awesome. So, a uh, couple questions. So, first one is, uh, do you think we should try to get out from Skinner's or Campbell's contract and just bring in a middling veteran to back up Skinner? You're not going to get out of no. those Campbell's contracts. I, I don't think they can right now. I think they still got to have faith that he can turn it around. A buyout would be uh, dev- devastating, and obviously, right now he has no trade value. And you don't figure there's any way out of that contract at all? Not this year. No. Not for yeah. a few years. All right. All right. And do you think uh, Nurse's contract is worth nine mil? I mean, he eats a ton of minutes um, and, you know, does some pretty good things, but has his foibles. Do you think Do you think there's value in that contract still? Well, Rob's talked about that a lot. Um, I, what did you say when he signed it? He's not a $9 million player, but but the Oilers have to pay him that to, pay to, him to, stay. to stay. So... Uh, if you if he was making seven, we'd be excited about Darnell Nurse every game. He's he's probably overpaid, but he's the Oilers' best defenseman, and he wanted to stay in Edmonton. He's good friends with Connor and Leon. Uh, is he worth nine point five? Well, that's for fans to decide. But he is one hundred percent their best defenseman, and they're going to have him long term here. Last question: Do you think that our team toughness will be our downfall in the playoffs? Well. See, oh, there's, well, there's a difference. It uh, wasn't the, the playoff, downfall last year, though. That's the thing, right? Yes. The Oilers do have team toughness. It's up front. The team, they don't have team toughness as much on the back end, but Kane is tough. And I, I know that people talk about Connor and Leon and getting uh, hooked and clutched. Connor and Leon are tough and physically imposing. The Oilers up front are a tough team. They just aren't as physical on the back end. I do believe that the Oilers' defense will be different by the time the playoff starts and they will have more toughness and meanness and hopefully a little nastiness in their six. But yes, I do believe the Oilers need to get a little tougher on the back end and I do believe they will. So through Edmonton or uh, uh, the guy out of Arizona there? Um, Chikrin? Well, I'd, well, I'd sooner get... Chikrin, yeah. Well, well, I don't I think mean, they're going to... for gonna... toughness, it's Edmondson. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah, Chikrin, is, he, he's a skilled player. 
Um, yeah, no, I was just, uh, which way would you sit or go? Oh, I think the Edmonton. I think that's what they need more. I mean, the Oilers, the Oilers score enough. The Oilers don't defend well enough. And I think that they need someone that's going to be nasty on their back end. And a veteran player. It's got to be a nasty veteran player on their back end. And the thing is, other teams are going to be looking for that as well. So uh, then it becomes how much you're willing to give up to get that kind of player. But the Oilers certainly need that on the back end. It's, it's crucial in the playoff series. Uh, last year, the Colorado Avalanche went out and got Manson. Mm-hmm. He was a big Do part of that Colorado that? team. Pardon? Do you have a give up on that? Would you be willing to give up on oh, that? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, well, you're you're coming in with some fastballs, holy Dean. Holy smokes! <laughs> He's what, what, what are you? I don't know what you think, Dean. I think that uh, you know, I, I I think we have a bunch of softer-ish players on the on the team, and uh, there's quite a few that I'd be willing to give up. And I think a guy like Niemalainen, and as much as I love the guy, yeah, but Niemalainen is not going to get you very much, though. Niemalainen is a tweener up and down from the the minors to the NHL. The the Oilers' first rounder will be in play. Uh, this is a win now type of team. Uh, a top prospect. Do, will do be you in think play. we're in a win now? Pardon I mean, Hall. I know that uh, it's our it should be our time. Yeah. But oh, well, yeah. I think it has to. It has to be. Ken Holland knows the next three. Yeah. The next three years are win now for the Edmonton Oilers. So the, their first rounder will be in play, absolutely 100%, and they will try to get tougher on the back end. Again, there's other teams that are going to be looking for that as well. You're going to see more happen a month or so from now when teams start to completely fall off. And I, I would imagine the closer they are to the deadline, then the less money. I don't understand the whole salary cap thing. But the, the Oilers and a lot of teams have no room in their salary cap. So for them to bring in contracts, teams got to take money back away yeah. from the Edmonton Well, what's going to happen Absolutely. is, yeah, teams are going to drop out of the race. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows what um, – where's my standings here? I know you hate when I look at the standings. I mean – what is St. Louis going to decide to do? St. What St. is, Va- what is Vancouver going to decide to do? What is Nashville going to decide to do? Those like Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim, and Chicago are out. Though Arizona's enjoying playing at home, they are <laughs> a little more. Hey, so you know, it'd be be fun if they rallied a bit. It's but, not a not a defenseman, but a player to watch as we move on is Bo Hor- Horvat in Vancouver. Oh, he big is, time! Oh, he's a player that every team that wants to win a Stanley Cup will want to have on their team unrestricted free agent, two more goals tonight, four points. I think he's up to 27, I believe, on the season. There's a player to watch. There's going to be some really good hockey players that are going to be available at the the trade deadline, but they're going to be expensive, and then see which teams have room to bring those players in. All right, we have Matt as well for the final call tonight. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, guys, I'm a first-time caller, uh, so thanks for taking my call. Awesome. Uh, so I thought Stuart Skinner had a terrific, terrific performance tonight, you know, putting up 46 saves. Uh, my question for you is, with Yesapuliarvi being a trade rumor, do you think that the Oilers could go for another top six forward, maybe factoring in uh, Warren Fogle or Kyler Yamamoto and their first rounder? So trade Puliarvi and a first rounder for a top six forward? Oh, he talks, yeah, he said about Yamamoto and Fogle be involved too. Yeah. Oh, sorry, okay. Uh, well... In all, depends who they're getting. I mean, the Oilers, if they trade for a $6 million player or a $5.7 million player, they got to get rid of that much money as well. I think just about, there's a lot that could be in play for the Edmonton Oilers. Again, it goes back to this is a win now uh, year for the Edmonton Oilers, or win now window. And they will do whatever they can to make them better. And, uh, you. Jesse Pugliarvi, right now, his trade value is very little, um, if anything. He's a $3 million player with two goals. There's not a lot of teams that want to give up anything for that. So you're going to have to, if you want something good, you're going to have to give up something good. And I think Ken Holland will be looking. I don't know if there's going to be anything done for the next month. But I think once February rolls around, that's when it's going to get a lot more interesting. And then it comes down to the once the first good team makes a move, then everybody after that will be knee-jerk reaction, and that's when all the moves will start. Right, right. I have one more question. Do we have a timeline timeline on the Evander Kane injury? Uh, well, mid to late fe- February. February. Stoff has said he's hopeful he could be back in late January. But February is the... 
February is more in line with the timeline they said when he first got hurt. So I, I would expect still he's going to miss probably, what, a dozen more games at least? I would say my guess is right after the... The bye, the, the all-star week slash bye. Yeah, the week off that the Oilers yeah, have. But he's not close. Like, it's not like, oh, four more games, he'll be back. No, it's probably, like I said, 10, 12, 15 games. And, and the but it's getting in sight. Yeah, and the doctors will be the final call because they got to make sure it's completely healed and healthy and ready to go. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Matt. Good to hear from you. All right, that's Matt, 7804960063. Okay, well, the Oilers pull it out thanks to Skinner and Barry and McDavid, 2-1 over the Flames. Get more on this game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. I will be at Rogers Place keeping you updated on the Oilers skills competition, which will start at 7. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer tonight. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. Next game broadcast Friday night at Seattle, 6 o'clock face-off show. Game at 8 p.m. for that one. Okay, thanks for staying up with us. Hope you're doing okay. I'll talk to you at 6 tomorrow. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Hartlett Ford, Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.